You're listening to the Cornerstone Chapel High School Youth Ministry. Let's head into the service for this week's message. We are in the dating chapter. Youth pastors go to this chapter all the time. I love 2 Corinthians chapter 6. It's my best friend. Okay? I love it because it tells us a little bit about God's heart on how he wants to approach, how he wants us to approach dating and then marriage. Now, the Bible doesn't talk too much about dating. The Bible does talk a lot about marriage. But leading up to marriage, we have this thing called dating. Am I a fan of dating? Yes. I'm actually okay with dating. I should get an amen for that. Okay. I'm a fan of dating. I did date. It's okay. I think it's fine. But here's some guidelines and some rules within dating, okay? What does God think about dating? What does the Bible talk about in our dating relationship? So here, it's going to kind of be like a counseling session, y'all. Welcome to my office, all right? This is successful dating tips with Pastor T, okay? Uh-huh. First Corinthians, I'm sorry, that should be 2 Corinthians 6.14. 2 Corinthians 6.14. Read it with me. We'll discuss it a little more. And then uh, dive into what God has for us. Verse 14. The Bible says this, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. New King James says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? And that's another word for Satan. What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God and they will be my people. Let's pause and pray. We'll dive in. Father, we thank you for today. You've brought us here safely. No one's here on accident. So Lord, we pray that you would go before us now, and as we learn more about dating and how it leads up to marriage, Lord, help us to understand um, your rules, your guidelines, how they're, they're good, they're right. And Lord, you just want the best for us. And so we pray that we would follow you and do dating the right way, um, Lord, as Christians, and the way you've called us to have relationships among uh, each other. And so we give this time to you. Bless it. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Amen. So this chapter, chapter 6 of 2 Corinthians, is kind of a a little uh, snapshot of what dating can kind of look like in the confines of a Christian relationship, okay? Now, dating in Bible times, when Paul's writing this, there was no such thing as really dating, okay? You didn't date in Bible times. You were arranged into your marriage, okay? That can be good or bad, all right? And the Jews of this time, they were arranged in marriage by the age of two years old. They would ask the, the parents, hey, my son is going to marry your daughter. Can we agree on that? They would, they would kind of agree on that, and they'd say, yes. So baby, meet baby. Hi, hi. Eventually, you will grow up and be married, okay? That could be good or bad, okay? You don't know if they're going to look attractive. You don't know if they're going to smell. You don't know if they're going to have, like, weird, uh, just socially awkward quirks. But that's who you have. That's your, that's your married spouse, okay? You're committed to that, all right? I'm so glad we don't do it that way anymore. How many, how many are like, yes, amen, we do not do it that way, okay? So Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, here is what you guys need to do as Christians before getting married, okay? So in our Western culture, we do this thing called dating, or you go out with someone, you get to know somebody, before you get married, you're, 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 you're trying to, you know, your hormones are raging, everyone's hit puberty, you're like, I think I like this person, something's happening, I'm getting butterflies in my stomach, I just really want to be around this person. That's okay, that's a good thing. God has created us that way, as relational beings. 
And so God, God says, I want you to get to know everyone, but I want you to find that one person that I have for you, but do it the right way, okay? And so two things I want to show you guys real quick. Christian dating, there's purpose and there's priority. What's the purpose of Christian dating? It's to ultimately marry that person. So ultimately marry that person. If you're in a relationship right now, and you have no intentions of marrying that person, like I could never marry that guy, or no, I would never marry her, then why are you dating them? There's no reason to. Is it just for status? Or hey, I want to look cool. I want my friends to be like, hey, that guy is, he's, he's got a girlfriend. Man, that guy's awesome. Or like, hey, she's got the boyfriend. Man, she's so cool. Like, why can't it be like her? All right, don't, don't listen to any of that. The purpose of Christian dating is to ultimately marry that person. Proverbs 18.22 says this, he who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. You can say that for the female version. She who finds a husband finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. So God says marriage is, is a blessing. I'm going to give you marriage, and because of that, I want you to find someone that you're ultimately going to marry that I have for you. If they're not the one for you, dump them, okay? Get rid of them. Now here's the other priority. Here's the priority. The priority is this, and we just read this in 2 Corinthians. To date and marry Christians only. Wow, that's a little harsh, Tyler. Really? Can only date Christians? Really? Dude, this was written like 2,000 years ago. Things have changed, man. I can't just date non Why can't I just date anyone I want, dude? Have you ever heard of the term missionary dating? I want to flirt to convert that person. You want to love them and win them over to Christ. It ain't working. Sister, you can date that guy all along, but if he ain't a, if he ain't a believer like you are, dump him. Dude, if you're dating this girl and she's just not on fire for the Lord, dump her. Please, give her a good Valentine card, but say I'm done with you. All right? Date and marry Christians only. I didn't say it, the Bible did. Let's read it again. Look what it says. Verse 14, this is what Paul's saying, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. What is he talking about yoked? It's like egg yolks? No. All right? That's what I used to think it was about. Yoked in the Bible times, you had two oxen. You had animals, beasts of burden, that's what they're called. You'd stick this kind of wooden post on the backs of their uh, backs. And then you have oxen and you would plow with them. The farmer would plow with them. If you had an oxen and a donkey, don't work. Okay? Donkey wants to do what it wants to do. It just sits there or whatever. Hee-haw. The oxen wants to do something else. It doesn't work. The farmer's like, Oi, Vayne, come on. It's okay? <laughs> an Italian farmer. Okay? It doesn't work. So what he's saying is, do not be in a relationship emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally with a person that's not a believer, if you are, okay? Non-believers and non-believers, they can, they can just, you know, go at whatever. They don't believe in Jesus. But you as a believer, if you're attracted to this person that's a non-believer, that's where it needs to be, you know, you need to have some caution right there. God's word says, please have a relationship in a romantic way with only Christians, so it's different with friendships. If you have friends who are non-believers, that's okay. That's a, that's a good thing. As long as they know your beliefs, your faith, and they're not, you're not compromising anything, maybe you bring them to church, that's okay. But dating somebody, getting romantic with somebody, that's different. And God's word does specifically say only Christians. Some successful dating tips I want to talk to you guys about that are coming straight really from God's word, but also that pleases God, okay? Number one, talked about it before, make the decision to date only believers, okay? You will not regret this, and God honors that. And this is serious stuff, all right? All joking aside, making the decision to date only believers, 
is key to your relationship, okay? And don't even think twice. If this person is a non-believer and you know it, don't even think twice of getting in a romantic relationship with that person. We have to be Christians that are in God's word and living it. And God says, I will honor that if you do what I say. I'll bless you for that if you do what I say. Now, some of you may have already been in a relationship with a person that's not a believer. Maybe you are right now. Look, there, there is forgiveness, and there's also something called dumping. Break up with them, okay? I will give you permission to break up with them. Blame it on me. Come back, if you come back to me and say, hey, I broke up with my girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, and now it's, I hate you, Tyler. I hate you. It's all your fault. There you go. I'm sorry. I, I, don't, I don't care. I'm going what God's word says. Make the decision to date only believers, all right? All right? That's number one. I didn't say it. The Bible did. Okay, I love that line. Anyway, number two, start slow. There's no rush. There's no rush. You guys are young. I, I would love to say this to middle schoolers too. Isn't it weird when middle schoolers date? Yes. Hey, thank you. It's weird. What parent approves of that? Look at our son, 13 years old. Oh, they, I'm so proud of him. No, it's ridiculous. They don't even know what's going on. They've just hit puberty and their hormones are ranging. They're like, I need to have somebody. No, you don't, middle schooler. So start slow, especially for you guys in high school. Start slow. Get to know them in groups. Understand them within a group. You will know that person within a group better than you knew them just one-on-one. -on -one. You'll find stuff that you like more about them, and you'll find stuff you're like, Ugh, I don't know if I do like that person. All right? Start slow. Make that commitment to start slow. Go easy. Spend time in groups. I hated it when my youth pastor said that. Spend time in groups, people. You guys can date, I'm okay with that, but spend time in groups. It works. I was like, shut up. I don't want to do that. I want to spend time with them one-on-one. -on -one. Well, I'm telling you right now, it did work. Spend time in groups. Go slow. Start slow. Number three, set your limits, okay? Set your limits. I will make this all joking aside. This is particularly in for us as sexual beings. We need to set our limits. There is temptation when it comes to dating. There is. There is. The Bible does clearly say premarital sex is wrong. It's a sin. And some of you, maybe you have fallen into that. There is forgiveness. But we need to make a commitment right now that sex before marriage, any form of sex outside of marriage between a man and a woman is sin. Am I clear on that? Yes. One person agrees. Am I clear on that? Yes. Okay, I'm a little nervous. Set your limits. The Bible does clearly say that. How far is too far, though, Tyler? How far is too far? Look, if you even have to ask me that question, you probably know the answer to that. How far is too far? Look, the, the general rule, and I don't want to get this into like, oh, such a, like a big counseling session, but the general rule for us, Chris, Christ, for us as Christians, nothing below the neck, no touchy. No touchy, emperor's new groove, no touchy. <laughs> nothing below the neck, all right? It's a good general rule. We need to, we need to abide by that. Because we are human. There is temptation. We need to set our limits. And understand, if that person doesn't agree with your setting of the limits, get rid of them. It's okay to cut ties with them. All right? Being single is actually really cool. Anybody single in here? I love you guys. Number four. Most of you are single anyway. Number four. Learn to converse and relate. Look, guys and girls are very different. Did you know that? What? Guys and girls are very different. Get to know them. Okay, understand. Guys are more physical. Girls are more emotional. Understand that about each other, okay? That's the way God has made us. But get to know them. Get to know them. 
Get to know them as a person, not if they're a good kisser, okay? Please, learn to converse and relate. Whoa, Tyler, you just said the word kiss, dude. Come on, man. We gotta get all these kicks and giggles out of here now. Learn to converse and relate. These are some of the tips I wanna to talk to you guys, but now I wanna actually bring it home and talk to you guys about the practical ways that God wants us to learn and what God's word actually says. So after these tips, I want you guys now to write these down and we're gonna go through the Bible of different verses that God has for us. But in our relationship with dating, some more successful dating tips for you that are especially single, and that's most of you in the room, for you that are single, pray and wait on the Lord. That is what the Bible says, to pray and wait on the Lord. I want you all to turn to Psalm 37. Everyone's gonna to turn to Psalm 37. What does the Bible have to say in Psalm 37, Tyler? Well, turn with me, we'll read what the psalmist David says in Psalm 37. Psalm 37, verse four. This is especially for all the single ladies and men. All the single ladies. <clears throat> My voice is cracking. All the single ladies, all the single ladies. Okay. Psalm 37, verse 4. This is what it says. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. He'll make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Verse 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently him. Everybody understand this? In verse 4, what David says, he says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. What this actually means is when you delight yourself in the Lord, when you delight yourself in the Lord, that you love his law, you love his word, you love coming to church, you love everything about God, when you delight yourself in him and that his word is flawless, that his commands aren't burdensome, that he loves each and every one of you, that he wants a relationship with you, he will give you the desires of your heart but honestly, the translation in here, the Hebrew word is actually, he will give you the desires of his heart to you and make them your desires. God is going to give you the desires that he wants for you, and then you will live that out when you delight yourself in him. So when you're single and you're praying and you're waiting on the Lord for that significant other, that person that you want to be with, whoever that is, pray and wait on the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord first. If you don't have a good relationship with Jesus, you're not going to have a good relationship anywhere else. Amen? You have to have a good relationship with Jesus to have a good relationship with anybody. For those that are non-believers, they don't get that. That's all they have. That's the relationship they have. Everyone's created as relational beings. But once you have a relationship with the creator of the universe, you've got everything in perspective now. And your relationships with other people will be a lot different. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of his heart for you. And you're going to see, you know, I, pro I probably shouldn't be dating that person. You know, that, that's a good one to actually maybe talk to and ask out. He will give you this delightfulness and he will give you the desires that he has for you. But also verse 7, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. How hard is that for us to do? To actually be still. Be still and wait patiently. Very hard to do now, even in our generation. But God says that. And especially for dating and being single, waiting patiently always counts. And you always will see the end result that you waited for this right person. You waited for this right person. But see, a lot of people... And even friends that you have in school, you know that there are times where I just can't wait. I gotta have that boyfriend, I gotta have that girlfriend, I gotta have that status, I gotta have people know that I'm cool, I'm hip. When, when did it ever become cool that you have somebody else with you? It is cool to be single too, dude. It's awesome. You get to be in communion with the creator of the universe and then he will bring someone to you all, all, usually all the time. You gotta work something out of it. You can't just sit there and like, I just wish that person would come to my way. 
God, just bring me somebody. Why isn't that person coming? Well, you got to work at it too, dude. you got to talk to people, all right? But when you delight yourself in the Lord and you wait patiently for him, he will give you the desires of, you, of his heart and he will bless that. He'll honor that. Wait patiently. So many people like to rush into things and it just gets messy. And that's why divorce is so rampant in our country and that's why premarital sex is so rampant in our country. Because people can't wait. Why does the Bible say have self-control? Because the Bible knows that we don't have control over our own bodies. And divorce, you see how, how it has escalated over the generations. Because people think, I can get rid of this person and start over somewhere else. Look, I get that sometimes divorce is necessary only if there's unmarital faithfulness, what's what the Bible permits. But anything outside of that, divorce is wrong. God hates it. Start now by your, in your dating relationships to understand that, look, I need to find someone that I eventually will probably marry. If this person is not who I think I will marry, there's no reason to date them. There's no reason to have that status. And it's nothing to do, and you know, and sex is not the answer as well. I, I know what your schools are saying. I was in school as well. Believe it or not, I was in high school too. And your FLE courses and the people that are talking about safe sex, that's not the safe sex God is talking about. And I don't even have to talk about what, what, we're, what, what I'm thinking about. You guys know what I'm talking about. The safe sex that the schools are saying now. You can try this, do this, it's safe sex. God says stay away from sex until you're married. Amen? Amen. You guys get this. Your unbelieving friends will not. Hold your questions till after. Your unbelieving friends will not. And what your schools are saying is not what the Bible says. Safe sex is staying away from it until you're married. Staying away from it until you're married. So as you're single, pray and wait on the Lord. This gets me into number two with couples. Pray, here's that pray word again, pray and practice purity. Pray and practice purity. This is where it's going to be tough. Because in a relationship, there are temptations that are everywhere. Dating is a good thing. It can be fun. It can also be kind of tough. It can be hard. It can be tempting. God says to pray and practice purity. I want everyone to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. What does God's word say in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, starting in verse 3. Praying and practice purity. First Thessalonians 4, verse 3, and we're going to go to verse 7. In this chapter, Paul is talking about living to please God, and he talks about how we need to live a holy and pure life. And he uses the word sexual morality. We need to have a pure life sexually under the Lord until we're married. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, I'm going to start now. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God, and that in this matter no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. The Lord will punish men for all such sins, as we have already told you and warned you. Verse 7, For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. What your culture and what schools are saying right now is not, nothing what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying that we as Christians need to live a holy and pure life unto him and be an example for other people, that we should control our own bodies, our physical bodies. Our body is a temple unto the Holy Spirit. God says, honor, honor me with your body. Don't, don't be messing around. Wait for that right person until marriage. 
And what he says here in verse 3 is, it is God's will that you should be sanctified. This is of God. This is not of me. This is not of Cornerstone. This is of God. And we're following it. He says here that you should avoid sexual immorality. And I've talked about this constantly. Sexual morality is the Greek word porne. We get our English word pornography. Any sexual activity outside of marriage between a man and a woman is sin. And I have, to, I have to be clear about a man and a woman as well. God says, I want you to practice purity until you're married. But also pray. Prayer is very underestimated, but prayer is very powerful. And in our relationships, we need to understand that prayer is the key. And when you pray, you're going to naturally want to practice purity. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 is for you couples in this room who are either dating someone in this room or you're dating someone outside this room. You need to understand that purity is of the Lord. He wants it for all of us. It just goes better with us. Anything outside of that is sin. And for those of you, the third category, I didn't forget you guys, singles, couples, and those of the breakups. Either you broke up with someone or you got dumped. Here's a little lesson for you. Pray and be content. Pray and be content. In high school, I dated a few girls and I was dumped by both of them. I didn't date them at the same time, but anyway. I, broke, uh, I dated them and was dumped by both. God had to teach me a valuable lesson. I had to learn how to be content. How many of us want to rush back into a relationship after you've broken up with someone and two days later, I want to get back with somebody else? Or I want you, I want you back? No, be content, please. Understand that in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, you guys can turn there. I want, to, I want it really quick. It's just to your left, a few pages to the left. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. Paul gives us the secret of contentment. We cannot be content to save our lives. Amen? It is very hard to be content where we are. But God calls us to be that. Because he knows that we can get fidgety, we can get selfish, we want something, but we don't have it. Paul says, I've learned the secret of how to be content now. Philippians chapter 4, I need everyone listening. Verse 11. The Bible says this, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content Whatever the circumstances, whatever the circumstances, relationships, whatever. Verse 12, I know, that is, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in, every, in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And the famous verse, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Paul's not talking about I can do all these miraculous things and wonders and look at me. He's talking about I can do everything by contentment when the Lord gives me strength. I can be content in every situation. So for you that have been in a relationship and you're broken up now or you're trying to get into another relationship, I would actually wait. I would wait. Be content where you are. Have fun being single. Just get to know people in groups. Don't be rushing to find that date because it's a cool status and because people will like you and because people will give you attention. Don't do that. Be content where you are. Let the Lord minister your life because in that time where I was content and not in a relationship, some of the best times of my life because I met God in a more personal way and then was able to find then my wife that he brought to me. Amen. And she's sitting over there. Love you, honey. Sorry, everyone turned their head. Aw. Guys, this is very true. As you're single, pray and wait on the Lord. Don't be hasty. Don't think like, I gotta find this right person. The Lord will work that out. Pray and wait on him.
For those of you that are in a relationship, you've got to practice purity. And purity is just a word that's just flushed down the toilet now. No one, no one talks about it anymore. No one cares about it. I'll tell you what, though. Your generation, is, it's the most hardest generation to practice this. Because it's everywhere now. I mean, sex sells. It does. You can find it anywhere now. Does that mean that the Bible is just irrelevant and it, it can't do anything? No, it can. The Bible talks about avoiding sexual morality. Do that. But with prayer. And those in the breakups, pray and be content. Understand what it means just to seek the Lord with him and have a relationship just with him. And I will tell you this. The flirting to converting, the missionary dating, hey, I like this person, they're not, they're not saved, but hey, I, I can get them saved through me coming to church and whatever. Don't even try. It's not going to work. It won't work. You need to make a commitment with the Lord first. You need to have a solid foundation and a relationship with him, and that's the most attractive thing you can ever have. For ladies, your relationship with the Lord is the most attractive thing you can have. It has nothing to do with looks. It has nothing to do with your image. Your relationship with the Lord is the most attractive thing you can ever have. Remember that. The Bible talks about that. Guys, the most attractive thing you can have is a relationship with the Lord and being a leader in that. Being a leader and being an example in, in your homes, being a leader and example in your schools, not being afraid to pray, not being afraid to lead and say that I'm a Christian. That's attractive to a lady. Be a leader. Be a man. Respect women. We don't respect any women anymore. I don't want this to sound harsh and dumb it down and you know, this is kind of a heavy topic, Tyler, but this, this is real. It's reality. And I'd be lying if it wasn't. And I know everyone's going through this. Your relationship with the Lord is the most attractive thing you can ever have. That's why the Bible says don't be in a relationship physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally with someone that's not a Christian. God wants the best for you. And this is the best plan that he's given us. And when you do it his way, things work out. They do. Things work out. So I want to pray for you guys. I want to pray for those that are single, that are wanting to date. They need to wait. I want to pray for the couples in this room, that they're practicing purity, that they're having honorable, respectful relationships. And I want to pray for those that have been broken up with, that maybe have broken up with someone or they were the one who'd been broken up with and that they're kind of just uneasy, they're restless. Be content where you are. Lord will bless that as well. This will speak to everyone. Everyone can, can be in this category of these three. And so I want to I pray for you that the Lord will reveal himself to you in a special way. Take it from me. I was not the perfect guy in dating, but I understood. I have to find someone who's a Christian and I have to find someone that I know that this person might be the one I marry. If it's not, I'm not dating them. If they're not a Christian, I'm not dating them. It's the two important things you have to understand because marrying someone is the second most important decision you will ever make in your entire life. What's the first? Relationship with Jesus. That is your first priority in your life. The second is marrying somebody. God takes it seriously. That's why divorce, he hates. He hates it. So take a lesson from Counselor Tyler. Love you guys. Dating is a fun thing. It's fun when you do it God's way. Amen? Amen. So I will say this. In the youth room, 
For those third wheelers, please don't hold hands and show PDA in the youth room. It does get us uncomfortable. How many singles are in the room and they can see other couples be like, ew, they're so gross. You guys are gross, all right? I'm just saying. But anyway, let's try to respect that in the youth room too. No PDA, no holding hands, no cuddling, you know? It's just nasty stuff, all right? Go, go outside the church and do these things. Anyway. <laughs> I was going to say, go have fun, but you know, you can take that away. No. I'm just going to pray. Anyway, <laughs> God, we thank you so much for your word that we can understand you better and we can understand ourselves better. Father, I think the reason for dating is we understand ourselves and figure out ourselves first before the, even the other person. Lord, we need to know our hearts. We, our hearts are deceitfully wicked. We don't even know it. And so, Lord, we want to understand what it means to have a godly relationship in a romantic way. Lord, I do, I do thank you for this relationship, relationship series that we've had. Lord, I pray for good godly friends in our, in our relationships. I pray for a good family. Lord, if we need to apologize to any family members, if we need to ask for forgiveness for anyone, I pray that we do that. And Lord, I pray for in our romantic relationships, for those that are single, for those that are in a relationship, for those that have just been broken up. Lord, I pray that you would minister to them. I pray that, Lord, they would seek your face first and have a relationship with you first and foremost before anybody else. And Lord, you will bless that. You'll honor that. So we give you this time. We give you our relationships to you. We pray that you would just go before us. I pray for the couples in this room that they would practice purity. Lord, that they would understand that it is a serious thing in our culture today that is not being taken seriously. Father, you've called us to live holy, sanctified lives, and so I pray that we would do that. I pray that we would honor you. Lord, I pray that we would also be content where we are. That we'd be, we'd be content in just having a relationship with you, getting to know other people, being friends, and Lord, you'll bring that right person to us. So Lord, we want to have fun in our dating lives, but we want to do it the right way. We want to do it your way. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. For additional teachings and to learn more about the Cornerstone Chapel Youth Group, visit us online at cornerstonechapel.net.